follow that conversation. <laughs> okay, we're starting it up. <laughs> Welcome to episode 14 of the Art and BS podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers, recording from Broadway Studios once again. This is your host, James Rolls, and my guest today is a fellow painter, a fellow plain air painter. This guy is, it's funny because we have a few different connections and it's like how they say there's six degrees of separation. We're probably connected through four. You know, if that, you know, maybe all six. The thing is, you guys, the community in Fresno is one that we like to embrace here. So with episode 14, you know, I reached out to one of my homies that slid through for Art Hop, Danny. Danny, how do I pronounce your last name? I'm hella bad. Demeza. Demeza. So, Danny, Danny Demeza, why don't you tell the people, Danny, currently, you know, what you got going on in art, who you are, and what you do. How'd you get started in art? That's like five questions in one. Whatever one you want to answer first. Oh, Lord. Um, the way I got started uh, was uh, probably um, in, well, I've been drawing since childhood, uh, uh, it started kind of like uh, as a coping mechanism. Uh, I was going through some rough times, mm. and uh, it just developed into something that I loved and I had passion for. And I didn't really know it was anything um, that serious until I had a teacher uh, in high school. By uh, I think his name was Jim Hawks. And uh, he basically kind of just like mentored me. And I kind of realized after that that I wanted to pursue a career life in art. Got you. Yeah. So, Jim Hawks, what were some of the key lessons that you picked up from this gentleman? Uh, his translation of emotion into his artwork. Um, he had, I had done a bunch of his algorithms in class and he, he came up to me and pulled me aside and he said, you have a gift, you have a talent. I don't think you should spoil it. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And he's like, come here. And he takes me to the back room and he has all his artwork ready for a show that he's right about to do. Mm. And they were all about his son. Mm. And... Um, his son um, with uh, a, a diagnosis and I mean like it was clear in these paintings, these large paintings, that there was so much emotion into it. Uh, I had never seen anything like it mm -hmm. and uh, I was already doing my own sketches as coping so when I realized one could kind of like use that as a format. Okay. And make these like large paintings and really put like all that emotion that's bottled up and put it in there and kind of like release it there as a healing. Uh, it was something I had never realized. Um, and then like he told me the story about Renee Magritte, which I don't know if it's actually true. Um, that's okay. This is the R&BS podcast. Yeah. We don't fact check on here. Yeah. You know, that's what the family is for. But go ahead and relate a story, man, because I don't know it. So, so lace, us, lace our boots up. Uh, so 
He told me this, okay, this is what my teacher told me, but later on when I looked it up, uh, I heard that there was controversy whether this is actually true about okay. Rene Magritte. I don't know, do you know that painter, the surrealist Rene Magritte? No. Okay, so he's this painter, and he painted these white, white cloths over people's heads. Mm. Uh, and he's, he's classic. Uh, he was one of the early, the early surrealists. Um, so wait, where is he from? Italy, Rome, um, fucking France. Do you know? Uh, yeah, we got the. We'll look it up. That's all right. Yeah. So continue with the story. We 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 keep it moving. Y'all know we on fact check. We keep it a buck. Let's go. So yeah. So anyways, I'll try to keep it short. But uh, basically, um, supposedly when he was a child, his mm. his parents were killed. Okay. And uh, they found their bodies in the lake near their house. And when they pulled him out of the water, they had these claws over their head. Mm. And Rene, young Rene Magritte, before he became a painter, okay. was, witnessed it. And mm. Supposedly it changed his life into um, being a painter. And I think like the reason he brought it up is because at the time I was going through some really difficult times. Uh -huh. And it was kind of my own trauma. And so I think the reason he told me the story was to kind of like tell me, hey, put this into your artwork like this guy did or like I'm doing. Okay. And so anyways, he said that like uh, that visual basically inspired Rene Magritte to paint, you know, these people with clocks over their head. Mm. And that's where that idea came from. It was like something from his experience. And so basically I started kind of like painting my early conceptual paintings uh, started off as complete um, documentation of, of experiences. Mm, okay. Okay. So, and this is during your high school years? Mm hmm Okay. You're documenting experiences. Um, now, at that point in time, what sort of mediums were you using? Um... A lot of drawing, uh, uh, charcoal, inks, and then acrylics. Okay. I didn't get um, into oils um, till later on in my career uh, when I met up with Nigel Robertson again. Shout out to Nigel. And, and Norberto. Shout out to Norberto. And they were like, uh, you need to stop painting acrylic and you need to really start painting oils, like serious. And I was like hesitant because I was like, I could do a lot with acrylic. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, you could do even more. And I was like, all right. And I remember the first time I tried it, I was like, okay, my life has now changed. And I just started really working hard and studying it. And uh, Now, was that when they had the studio at our house? Mm, was or was that Broadway studio? Um... Broadway here okay. before our house. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And so that's when I started learning it, basically. Mm -hmm. There's a long fucking tradition yeah. of painters in this building, uh, man. It's it's amazing. Uh, they they definitely took part in mentoring me. Oh yeah, shit, um, me too, man. Showed mm -hmm. me a lot of. Uh, 
lot of what I, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll jump on that for a second. So, oh, fuck, man. Okay. So, when you met them, was that after high school? Um, yeah. Okay. And you were in college at the time? Because you're pursuing your master's right now, correct? Yes. Okay. So, you're pursuing your, your okay. So, at the, so how old were you when you met? I didn't meet Norberto until I was, with, like, now. Like, okay. Now. Recent. Kind of a few years ago. Uh, type deal. Got you. All right. Nigel, so, I knew of him. And we knew of each other um, mm. because, like, he had went through Roosevelt Skills School of the Arts, and he was talented at that age. Mm. And I remember when I was going through there, people, like, were recognizing my talent, and they were like, oh, do you know Nigel? Mm. And, but we didn't. Uh, I think one time we had a drawing contest, actually. Okay. Believe it or not. That's tight. That's tight. <laughs> That's hella tight. I think so. Like, I'm sure, like, we would ask him to confirm it, but I don't know if he would remember, but I think a long time ago. Mm. Uh, and I remember, like, I, like, even then, like, I looked up to him because he was, like, this, this, like, powerhouse there at, at Roosevelt yeah, already, thing, you know man. what I mean? Yeah, that's fucking... It's like, even then, dude's doing his yeah. thing. Okay. Even uh, Timber, too. Mm. Right there off fucking... Uh, that whole neighborhood. There's mm. a lot of great artists that came out of there. Model. Mm. Um, I still have Timber's sketches, because we used to have drawing contests. Sick. And, Sick. Uh, yeah, and, like... Uh, it would it would always be like we'd always like work our ass off to try to like top each other. Yeah, yeah. We might have to get him on the podcast. That would be a very interesting uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. He's dope as hell. Yeah, yeah. Dude does his thing. He definitely. He's yeah, been dude's doing fly, man. Like yeah, he's his fly. thing for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, I remember like we used, we used to have drawing competitions, and then like mm-hmm. he did his own style, and then like. Uh, the we'd have one judge and the judge would be like, uh, I picked Danny and then like Timber would be like, Oh fuck that dude, this judge doesn't even like graffiti. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right, and exactly. Yeah. Like, dude, that's just the judge. That's <laughs> yeah. how it went. And he'd be like, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> graffiti arts yeah, we going, like, man. This, and he'd <laughs> walk away. away. Yeah. <coughs> oh yeah, it for was real. hella funny. That's clowning. <coughs> oh man. So okay. You're doing. It was always rigged. Hey, man. Like, one judge. Never seen graffiti before. Right, right. Yeah, man. They don't fuck around. They're like, what's. Well, especially at that point in time, it wasn't cool. You know, now it's fucking cool. You know? So, yeah, there's a whole. There's a whole. It definitely has always influenced me, too, like Mm -hmm. graffiti. But Uh it's just, like, never, like. Never really done graffiti. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's always influenced me. So I've done, like. My own weird ass version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's well, because graffiti like weird, is like, yeah. but like that word in itself is like the criminal aspect of. It's not street art like graffiti. Like graffiti is like there's like this. It's like infamous. You know what I'm saying? It's notorious. Like there's some sort of like no. graffiti you're loved and hated. 
Yeah, well, I'm referring to, like, the 80s style, that kind uh-huh. of, like, flourish, you know? Like, yeah, but even in the 90s, though, like, you were loved in here. Like, it's, it wasn't until, like, recently people really started embracing graffiti. Because, I mean, like, growing up, man, my parents always told, like, my dad told me, like, hey, like, quit, stop, like, this shit, like, it, you're wasting your time. He would always take my paint. He would find, like, hella paint, man, and just take, like, 45 cans. I'm like, dude, you know how many places I had to go to to get this paint, like, uh, you know, so it's like it wasn't until I did a mural with a few of my friends on this hardware store in like a neighborhood that he grew like he kind of grew up around that he had respect for it. But that was like at way that was like mid twenties when I did that. You know, so everybody there was this yeah graffiti was definitely never. I mean, by the, you know, the lowbrow community, yeah, sure, but, like, people of class, because, man, we were super destructive, man. You know, I mean, when I moved to Seattle, there was, that was when Etch Bath was popping. Do you know what Etch Bath is? It's this fucking shit, bro. You put it in a marker, and it eats glass, right? Oh, so it's, yeah, like, basically, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It fucking just, so, like, I mean, like, the whole, and, and that's something that not only Seattle, like, because a lot of cats from California went up there and shit like that. Uh, but it's, like, that's something that's popular around everywhere. But I know, honestly, there were cities that certain writers went to and picked things like that up and then they took them to other cities they had no clue of like what that was you know so it's like you got a guy who who goes from like Seattle to whatever bumfuck you know Wyoming or whatever and then he takes etch bath and then all of a sudden like this city is infected you know what I'm saying like all the windows are just destroyed and after like this shit's fucking nuts man so and yeah and and that's yeah and that but that's graffiti so I mean like I had friends who you know they caught cases based on that shit you know what I'm saying like on etch but like as far as like their art they were some of the baddest motherfuckers like who could do beautiful pieces like multicolored fucking productions but there's this like there's this part of the graffiti like there's the illegal aspect and it's not you can like sack and six cents were on here shout outs to sack and six cents and like and they're the type of guys that prove like you can have graffiti flavor and be like into that shit and not be super destructive, right? But, like, uh, there's a large portion of graffiti writers who come up believing, like, the tag is essential and, like, you have to be as, like, in as many places as fucking, like, big and crazy as possible, as fucking destructive as possible, as it's, like, this whole subculture. So, like, and I love, I love your sigh. I love your groan. That's beauty to me because it's part of it, man. And, like, you can't, like, you, like, you can, you can't dismiss that shit. Like, you, without those motherfuckers, like, the big productions, the skyscrapers, that shit wouldn't exist. Like, without the grimy tagging all over shit like it's it's a necessary evil i feel like in the evolution of graffiti you know as as someone who's like particular who's seen like all particular aspects because it's like tags throw-ups you know what i'm saying samples pieces like oh like how do you feel about so is it just the quality of whatever the person's doing on the surface what do you mean? I'm not sure what you're... Like, if we're talking about graffiti, like, 
Um, no, I just felt like it influenced me. I don't really know mm-hmm. too much. Like, I'm not, like, super into it. I mm-hmm. like, I just say... Who are some of your favorite writers outside the timber? Uh, like, work and okay. stuff. And sort of, like, a, just stuff that I kind of grew up seeing okay. in magazines. Like, okay. And, like, you know, like, different, like, writer magazines. What are some of your favorite mags? Um... Well, personally, like, Juxtapause is, like, one of, like, my favorite magazines. Okay. And they have, like, a bunch of different stuff. And mm-hmm. growing up there, um, Thrasher. Mmm. Um, That's some good shit. Yeah, so. Um, but, like, I also took a lot of influences from a lot of different other sources, so. Oh, yeah? Such as? Just, like, painters. A lot of um, expressionist, a lot of surrealist. Mm. Uh, Egon Schiele, Gustav Klimt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Toulouse-Lautrec. Mm. Um, they were all like, uh, they definitely uh, influenced me. Uh, and they were probably the ones that got me into painting at first, but like, I feel like I tried to uh, ingest like everything in the culture, so graffiti is something that's always been around me. Mm-hmm. So it gets mixed in right. to it, mm-hmm. and even though it's not direct, you know what I mean. It's um, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the whole thing, you know. You take this, you take that, and then boom! At the end of the day, it's still you. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, okay, moving. So, you went from the Roosevelt Arts Program to Fresno State directly, or did you take no, a break in between? City College. Or, okay. Yeah, and a little break and uh, emphasized. Um, to City College, and then uh-huh. uh, I met Ann Shy there, who kind of like started mentoring me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like probably one of the, one of the best teachers I've had, and we still get together like once every two months. Uh huh. Is she talk. still teaching there? No, she's retired now. But okay. She still mentors me. And oh, okay. Just, she has always been like a strong um, kind of like a rooting uh, tree in my life of art, and. Um, I will never have questions or anything or like kind of like need guidance I kind of come uh-huh. here and uh, what were two key principles you picked up from Ann or two lessons or two things you learned how to refine my drawing and because um, I've been I've always been a strong drawer mm-hmm uh, and she recognized that where like even when I had her class she, she was asking me to do clinics at the Fresno Art Museum and she just knew like she could tell I have like I was a little bit like uh, advanced uh-huh. and uh, one of the, the greatest thing I think that she taught me and in, in, uh, in the whole like uh, mark making in the moment uh, is is kind of like um, really uh, opening up to the experience while you're drawing 
had had been something I had really had like explored, but basically how to kind of like tap into this really different creative energy, uh. and like it's like it's kind of like a. I think I would call it something different, but she would probably say it's kind of something like where you're like almost like in a in a meditation or a trance when you're drawing or something. And you're in like complete focus though. Like mm. It's not Yeah, when like, you get in the zone. Yeah, it's kinda like that. Everybody has their own word for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't realize that like you could do that um, drawing still life. Mm hmm And she really like put me, uh, or at least trained me to kind of just like see something and get into this like arena where, you know, it's a very intimate space and I'm able to um, really transfer what I see onto paper. Um, I think before that, I, I feel like conceptual, um, in nature, uh, before that, uh, I had I had lacked in it, like, and, and, and definitely in how I even just conceive a uh, a drawing. Mm. Um, speaking with <coughs> all the principles, <coughs> she definitely taught me a lot. Um, she kind of wrangled me in in a way, and. Feel like I'm a lot more grounded artistically, anyways. Um, Talk a little bit more about speaking with all the principles because I like that. Uh, just like a composition, value, shape, mm -hmm. you know, edges, like everything. Uh, and then she always like has this like really beautiful like way of looking at mark making, where she valued not only the um, dominant marks and, and lines of the painting, but oh. the subordinate lines and how important that was in creating these like um, compositions and, and kind of like uh, where my focal points were and where they needed to be psychologically most pleasing to the viewer. And, it's just like different strategies. Uh, she gave me a toolbox of mm -hmm. tons of different um, things. Uh, she like, I mean, she had these beautiful props, as most teachers do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of more of a common thing, but she definitely had this way of reaching me. And I've been kind of told before that it's hard to reach me sometimes. Mm -hmm. In art, you know? Okay, okay. Interesting. Like, um, I'm kind of like an introverted artist and even in the artistic field. <laughs> so it's weird. Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> you are, but then you're not, you're on here. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're on a podcast, you do murals, you know, and I, we're going to get more into that because we haven't really gotten into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at that point you were doing, uh, you know, you would learn to have a deeper appreciation for drawing and still life um, through your times with Anne. And, um, uh, it's constant, like, constant lessons uh, with Anne. And she'd be harsh in her critiques at first. Mm -hmm. 
because she's like, oh, okay, you want to be like, because I remember I would go in her classroom, I'd be kind of like bored, and so she would give me like extra, uh, extra work in my drawing where I would have to be doing extra work, mm. and, um, but I enjoyed it because that's just how I work, like when people challenge me, uh, I like kind of like artistically anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't like to be challenged like at a, for a parking space or something. That kind of sucks. <laughs> Facts. No. Nah, you can have it, bro. Or maybe it's mine. I don't know. I'm not moving. You moving? What's happening? Yeah, I'm pretty chill about it. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, she definitely had a way of of getting um, to me, as few people do. Like Nick Potter from Fresno State, also one of those teachers. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Adam Langati, um, there are just few people that could really like, um, kind of like uh, communicate with me where I feel very comfortable and I can like really listen to what they're saying. And it's not because it's like out of respect or because I think I'm better, it's more like maybe I don't understand. And mm. the way they say it, I'm like, oh, like, right. I do understand. And it's, gotcha. it's just that. It's not yeah. that. It's and so Nick Potter, for some reason, uh, I don't know what it is about him, his, his English critiques, if you ever have a class with him or with mm-hmm. anyone, um, he could be a little harsh, and then he's like, very well then, you know, like, he's just like, he'll tear your painting up, Sick. and like, he's just like, oh shit, and mm-hmm. he's like, he's all, very well, cheers, <laughs> keep painting, and then you're like, demolished <laughs> like, next week you want to do better mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, it really he taught me like something about like pushing myself um, to like really really be better mm-hmm. uh, and that was after um, and I think that kind of changed my life too because I I mean I had him for like two years and then the bats obviously from the Vatican yeah they, uh, they're quite inspiring and, you know, when I do hang out with them, they try to, like, they see my passion and they really just try to give me some pointers. And uh, so I try to kind of, like, mix everything. Um, and then I try to make it really distinct mm-hmm. and really innovative. And by the way, and the way I do that is really putting my sincere experience into what I'm painting so like when I'm painting something, I'm in love with what I'm painting. I'm not just painting it. Mm. It's like, at this moment, at this time, this is the only thing that exists, me and this painting. And so I try to mix everything I've learned from all these great masters, and that's what I try to do. And um, I started murals. Um, I was very inspired by the artists here, like uh, Josh Wigger. Mm. Robert Amador, Jesus, mm-hmm. it's so amazing. Um, they definitely inspired me, even though like I was already drawing and doing my own stuff. Oh. I had never thought about murals um, and their tenacity yeah. to really like trailblaze in this town. Yep. Um, it really made me think, you know, like can I push my conceptual work into a mural aspect? and not feel like I'm only stuck there because that's not all I want to do. Right. And so 
I branched out and uh, that's kind of how it started um, really just being inspired not only by artists here in town but but you know major muralists like Ares and stuff and to see what they're doing and it's just it's just on a different level it makes you want to makes you want to do something mm-hmm. greater than you realize you can do because everybody starts there everybody starts at a point where um, you know, they, they only have so many expectations of themselves. Mm-hmm. And they think, okay, well, like, this probably will happen, or this may happen. But, you know, when you get into a different arena, and you really start pushing yourself, um, you really start to see, like, oh, you know, like, it's developing into something I never knew that could happen. I never even realized. And then that's when, like, I think the magic happens, because you're pushing yourself to these levels that weren't even like written yet or imagined yet you're mm-hmm. creating this you know like this new something and it builds your identity mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you you keep working hard and you see your progress you validate yourself yeah and I don't feel like all of a sudden you need validation from anybody else because the validation comes in those steps of succession where you're seeing yourself you develop as an artist and get better and better and that validation builds where like all of a sudden you don't care as much about what others say because you're seeing the validation and you don't need that validation mm-hmm. yeah I dig it what, and what's crazy is you have that point of view I agree with you but also I know that there's um another tribe that views like the like the whole I'm drawing like you know I don't feel like I'm an artist I don't you know and like they don't even so it's like people uh, sometimes are drawing and like it's self-validation for them but then sometimes people are drawing and they'll make something magnificent and wonderful and then not feel validated at all You, you get what I'm saying so for you like is that something that just comes automatically or did you, or was there ever a time when you were creating artwork and you, and that was unfulfilling, like, or has artwork always been fulfilling for you? No, artwork is definitely, um, I think, or I'm sorry, validating is the word. No, I think, uh, that validation comes with, uh, experience working, um, in art Mm. Um, I think art can be very difficult Um, there's a quote from a a movie that I like adaptation that's um, it was something like um, to love art you gotta learn how to love something that doesn't always love you back Mm. And uh, you have to push past that. And it stuck with me because it's kind of like, you know, being an artist, it's, it's, it's like that, where there's a lot that you have to do as an artist drawing and painting where you don't get love back. Right. But you have to prove your love for art oh, yeah, and love it anyways time time to get better. So, like, do you have enough tenacity to prove your love for your art form 
because it's gonna you're gonna have to love it for a long time before it loves you back. Um, it's like a kid. Well, you know, and not only that, but sadly, unfortunately, <laughs> and maybe sometimes it'll never love you back. Exactly. Fucking kid. Wow. Exactly. Um, I don't get the kid reference, but I definitely think that it's like. You just, yeah, the parents out there, they got it. You know what I'm saying? Kids, no. man, those motherfuckers. They, I'm t- like, because it, it's the thing, like, you, because here's the, here's what I'm taking from what you're saying. And, and I totally agree. And it just, I think about a painting that I was working on earlier on today before we start recording. Um, and it's like, you know, putting that, that time in and that love in. And, you know, it, it's interesting because the the I pick this particular painting because it had, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this because there's some meaning in it, you know, and it has it has a lot of like uh, sentimental value, so it's one of those kind of ones. But then, you know, I see like as a parent, you know, like kids. I have a nine year old, and then I remember how I was when when I was that age, and then I know being, you know in my late 30s now and having a father and having a relationship with my dad and having a wonderful relationship to where I can always get wisdom from him and, and game it's like dude it took like all of all of this you know what I'm saying like all it like all of these years of like bullshit to get to like where the work finally shined and paid back you know so it, that's that's the way I and maybe my let me rephrase that in the scheme of painting, like so, we, we work hard to create this this image, and it always has value to us. Sometimes more value than others. It's just like parents. Sometimes parents care about their kids. Sometimes people have kids, and they just bounce and they don't give a fuck, right? So, I say that to say, like, you're putting in time to a painting, and if you're putting in time, it's just like you you have a child that you're putting in time. You know, you're putting in time with them. Like, hey, maybe you should be reading these books. Hey, let's work on your swimming. Hey, I'm going to get you swimming lessons or whatever. If I'm not going to teach you how to swim, maybe I'll fucking just every summer have you down there, whatever, whatever. Um, and you're working on that. So then a one, one day you hope as a parent or whatever, the whole parent goal is so... That, that, that motherfucker does better than you. And as artists, our whole goal is to create something beautiful. So like through all of this pain, there's going to be ups and downs. Not every painting and not every like moment is like a smiling moment. You know what I'm saying? Like even it's like even like you have to have a blue period, even when you're painting just for me, I don't know. Like, do you feel like, cause I, when you're painting, a painting by yourself, and and I would like to get your feedback for this. Do you experience a range of emotions, or is it just one particular emotion? Emotion in general. It's definitely a range. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely a range, and I think I have like a different perspective on, on, like, or maybe it's similar. I think, um, like, I feel like parenting because I'm a dad too. Mm-hmm. That, like I get reinforced at, like every day or every time she looks at me mm-hmm. and she's like dad or whatever mm-hmm. and so me it's not like that with art with artwork it's like looking at like a, like a, 
stoned face someone turned away that won't even look at you until mm. like you like so that, to me it's a different analogy because like I feel like I know like so people have different perspectives on parenting but like I noticed that speaking to other parents mm. that a lot of people think I'm very different in the way I like raise uh, friends okay and um, but I feel like in painting now this is a different arena okay, because so- like it's like Man, I remember like drawing for two years when I first started, and it would suck, and I'd just constantly be like, "God damn, this fucking sucks." So parenting, like parenting, but you didn't like drawing at any point during that. Too, you had to have fun, and it's just like the first two years when she's just pooping, crying, and sleeping. Like I, I feel like it's the same shit. Like, but you love her, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but you, but it's like, and then once they start moving around, she's moving, she's doing stuff. She has a personality, and she can so do. And then like so. But hold on, and here's my whole thing because and you're like it's so far of a stretch. I just look at it, maybe it is, but at some point in your painting, right? At some point in your painting, you like there's a sense of joy where it's like it becomes beautiful. Like it doesn't start off, it starts off okay, but then there's this point, right, where it clicks and you're like, damn, okay, this is like this is kind of what I wanted to say. This is where this and we're back. Or we might never have gotten cut off, uh, apparently. We're, yeah, this is uh, Art and BS Podcast, episode 14 with Danny. We are talking about, we were talking about the correlations between painting and parenting, or lack thereof. <laughs> so, you know what, that was that was a pretty good, uh, good, you know, on my end. Okay, so Danny, your particular aim was you felt like it was it, it was different. And one thing that I wanted to ask you before I got all tripped up was I was getting to a point of is there ever a point in your painting where you feel like, okay, this is where I wanted to get it to? Like where this is great, this is I'm happy and I don't think that exists. Really? Okay. And you know what? If okay, so that's why I said that's the got you. difference. Like, got I don't you. think good enough ever is. That's my complete philosophy in so, my artwork. Okay, so do you think that they'll ever be good enough as a parent, though? Yeah. Okay. That's why it's different. Okay. Interesting. That's I interesting. I feel like fucking... Or excuse my language, uh-huh. but I feel like... Oh, you're sorry. We cussed on your system. You're all good. When you're doing good as a parent, you're working your ass off. Uh-huh. Like, you're just doing the best you can. And even though you don't really see the result right away, uh-huh. um, you get reinforced. Mm-hmm. You see, like... You know, like there's steps that are happening that validate. Okay, I'm a fucking good parent. Okay, I did this. Yeah. True. Okay, you know I agree I mean? with that. I agree and with that. Artwork. It's not like that. It's like you're. It's brutal for me. Like, mm-hmm. I know. Like, and this is just my mm-hmm. opinion. I know people don't always do this with their mm-hmm. artwork, especially like when you see like an amazing painter like Nigel or Norberto, where they can paint these most beautiful things and they're not like in a place of pain or maybe they are I don't know but they don't look like it let me tell you no but I, I would get yeah, I would think that they are it's, like it's different it's, it's like but I mean like talking to Norberto like I, I know like sometimes he's just like man shit's crazy and I'm just knocking yeah, shit out so, so maybe, it's like yeah. you so know what I'm saying it is similar yeah um, and and it's, and it's an uh, intimate process I think like when I'm painting stuff I'm painting these experiences, mm-hmm. so like, 
it's almost as if I'm like reliving the fucking experience itself. Mm. Okay. That's not always easy. Sometimes, like, I'll, I'll kind of, um, I'll have like a really good session of like twelve hours, and I just won't speak to anybody, and just kind of like be locked away in the studio, and. Um, I put a lot of work into it because I mean I'm really trying to depict this emotion into this painting and it means a lot to me mm-hmm. to communicate that. Okay. So I'm gonna try I'm gonna try as much as I can and when I like get tired I wanna wake up and I'm gonna keep hitting it and then I'll fall asleep. I fall asleep next to my painting and wake up and it's like until like I feel like okay I'm at a point where I'm communicating my message. Doesn't mean like it doesn't mean to me that it's good enough. It just means like my message is being communicated. Mm. So what's the typical day look like for you? Um, right now between work um, <coughs> and mural work, uh, and be- I just finished just graduated. Congratulations. And um, gonna be starting uh, a summer program with Daniel Keys. Mm, okay. Uh, Daniel Keys is hard. We need to get him on the podcast. Yeah, in like a, like a week and a half, I think. Okay. And then Laguna there after that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a busy time, but just trying to really focus and stay goal-oriented and um, kind of like uh, trying to not forget what's important, uh, which to me is grad school and being a dad. Mm. Before we had started up, um, you know, start recording, you were talking about uh, the community and... um, I just wanted to get, if you were to tell, you know, up and coming artists, somebody who was wanting to get in the art game, if you were to like, what do you, well, hold on, let me rephrase that question. What do you think are three tools that every artist should have? That's a difficult question because I feel like I represent a certain arena. I feel like an artist that is up and coming, they have to look at all the great artists that have come through Fresno at least to start. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you venture off into an international stage, uh-huh. it becomes more difficult. But... What if you're not off, from Fresno? Huh? What if you're not from Fresno? Because people listen no, to podcasts all over the country. Yeah, from wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm just saying that, like, um, it's important to know the greats of different kinds. Like, I don't mm. feel like... I feel like um, their their work is kind of like our lessons, and to learn from these lessons that our our predecessors have paved, and even though you may not use their style, their work, learn from it because it's it's a documented art lesson. Every time you see a work, and you're like, oh my god, that's awesome. This is something that they've formed and they've taken the hard work and package and it's it's something that has value even to me uh, above the immediate gratification 
that people are used to with art, you know, people are just like, art, ooh, I like it or I don't, like, and it's just like, well, to me, art is a little bit more than that, you know? Like, right. It's not just like, do I, do I, like, you know, gratify, like, your immediate urges right away, and yes or no, to <laughs> me, it's like, whoa, it's a lot more than that. Well, and to your point, oftentimes now in our society, art is referenced um, through or art is referenced in the context of like social media. Mm -hmm. So people are having more access to art, like through scrolling, you know, boom, 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 they're scrolling, they're double tapping, but the intimacy isn't there, yeah. you know, and there's something that gets lost, mm -hmm. you know, when you get up on a painting, because I know every time I post paintings, I take a picture, I'm like, dude, this is, this is a terrible picture, like, it never shows, like, a bunch, there's so much stuff that it doesn't show, um, so, you know, there's that, but what would you say, there are two others, because you say, okay, so you okay. need to do your research into the so, grades, so two other tools. So, yeah, things, so, yeah. like, for instance, like, and they're usually, like, hidden amongst different cities, but, like, these guys that are from these cities that have, like, put down work, like, man, like, really understand and really study them and really understand, like, that these... They're, they're trailblazers, you know? Like, these people, like, that, like, Wigger and Ramirez, and, you know, like, they're, they're, like, even if you don't even do their style, every, every style has something to teach you, even Mondrian, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. everybody. So, like, really research past Google. You know, like, yeah. really do your research on stuff. Really take that time and put the, like, love into that relationship with your art piece as it deserves, as it's any relationship in your life. You have to respect it. Mm -hmm. And you can't respect it by just immediately, like, trying to find something and just boom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so much more than that. And I'm not speaking every art piece because a lot of art pieces are, like, studies or, like, you know what I mean? practices I'm speaking like when it comes time to your like where you're really trying to like throw something down mm -hmm. you know, like, that's what I would recommend is like really doing research on the artists you love and really diving deep into what makes their art like why why what makes you love their art right you know the elements the principles that they're using sure. on a technical like level here like mm -hmm. academically what are they using? How are they representing it? How are they, you know, like, is it implied? Is it not? You know, like, what influences them? What eras of art? You know, like, where did they get that? And then where right. did that era come from? And where right. did, you know, like, mm -hmm. really dive deep into that, like, rabbit hole of research because I guarantee you that's what makes, I think, great, like, conceptual work if you're interested in doing work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to definitely agree. Okay, so lastly, what would be the last thing? Um, uh, hang out with me for a week. Hey. No, it's uh, last. I would definitely say, um, man, so much. All right, all right, I got one is uh, put yourself out in different experiences and different environments. 
and test yourself in those environments and different experiences and different mediums. Do it simultaneously um, and it'll make you a better artist. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're used to drawing only in one place, your best work is only going to come out of that one space, which is great. But when you... I feel like sometimes we get satiated to our environments and I feel like art is not always about being comfortable, but it's also about breaking out of that comfortable space. So in order to do that, you're going to have to break out of the environment in which you're comfortable and get, you know, painting on murals, get painting with charcoal or pastels or watercolor, like, like really develop these different styles um, and it will make you a better at whatever you're doing mm. like hands down even if these styles aren't what you love doing the better you get at them the, the better you get at going out and plein air painting and doing murals the better you will be as an artist drawer as a you know conceptual artist mm -hmm. as a classical painter whatever mm -hmm. you know because all this literally forms what you can do in your own style and um that, that you have to definitely do that I mean really give yourself range put in those times you know for those of you that don't plan air paint get out there because there's nothing more truthful than plan air painting and that's from a surrealist conceptual artist mm -hmm. I feel like that's the ultimate truth mm -hmm. and as an artist that's like if you really want to learn something mm -hmm. like technical skills uh -huh. get out there and plein air because let me tell you even if you don't like plein air painting mm -hmm. even if it's not your style it will develop you as an artist yeah so stop denying it just go out there take the time mm -hmm. yeah definitely you know, guys like really get all this range of of work um and really build your identity um in that direction, no matter what style you're doing, you know? So, I love hearing you say that, and I want to go into a few more points into what you were saying. Because one thing that you said, and, and other guests have said this, so it's good. Here's the thing that I love. Danny is when great artists say the same thing and they don't know they're saying it so that means that it's an underlying core principle right so if you're saying something and, you, and someone else is saying something and you have no idea boom so I want to dive into into some shit you just said right because you're talking about doing everything you said don't limit yourself right okay so the fact that you you're touching on plain air painting right so all of the things that you, you do a, in addition to plain air painting, do you feel like those enhance your mural work when you go to approach a mural and the, the abilities that you have in your toolkit, do you feel like those like, or do, do you feel like those help and, and enhance it? Or do you feel like that's a completely different skill set? all together or are you melding them or how does that work out for you i think uh okay so i think it definitely enhances it like by a thousand percent i think you do have to get past this point where 
it's difficult and that's where many artists give up mm -hmm. is that like you have to like really like wrestle down this bull so to speak and sometimes that's not easy and sometimes it's it's critiquing yourself really harshly where like if something doesn't look right you gotta change it you know like mm -hmm. really like don't you gotta let your, your ego go you gotta let your pride mm -hmm. go and really see the truth in it um and if you do it i think like simultaneously it even makes you even better than mm. if you do it like oh here every once in a while this and every once in a while this mm -hmm. um putting yourself through like like you know like you know at night i do plein air or at day i do plein air at night <coughs> i do this or drawing or mural or whatever like mm -hmm. I think it really enhances each other and it really works with each other. Mm -hmm. You start to kind of like really develop um, this technicality that's almost just natural. And it's something that, you know, it's just, it just becomes when you're, when you're there, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I, I always joke around and, and call it like, it's like, it's my creature or my art or my monster or whatever. Mm -hmm. that like you know just I release it whenever I'm at a canvas or a mural or a <laughs> plein air painting right. you know and you know that's also like I didn't think you could do that plein air painting until I saw uh, Norberto mm -hmm. and I was like you see him uh -huh. out there plein air painting he's like at a beast just hitting this like you know like the the panels mm -hmm. and I'm just like holy shit that's, that's what nice. I do but on a conceptual level and I'm like but we're out here and there's fucking birds out yeah. by that sun it's like how the fuck do you get into it yeah. out of here and yeah, he'd man. be just like <laughs> yeah. he's like no no and then yeah. like he'd come to my like uh, panel and he'd be like this shit's all fucked up and he'd wipe it and then, like, I'd start, like, trying to kick him and, like, you fucking asshole. And he's like, yeah. he's like, if it can't be, if it can't be recreated, it wasn't an worth it. Yeah, 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 man. And like, you fucking mm -hmm. asshole. I, like, yeah. throw rocks in him. Damn, dude. That's funny, because like, we had completely different dude. reactions yeah. to that. That's funny, because he did that shit to me, and I was like, whatever. I didn't care. I was like, no, like, I, I don't even care, like, bro. I tackled him, dude. Like, we were getting fights. I'd be like, dude. Yeah, dude. And he's like, let go of that ego. Let go of that ego. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you, you fucking asshole. Like, I took off my shoe and I throw it at him. And be like, dude, let go of your ego. And it wasn't until I fucking let go of that ego where I was just like, okay, a lot of what he's saying, I'm, I'm actually seeing now, you know, like yeah. being in my own process. And yeah. where I'm developing myself now, where Norberto's not there, I still hear the Norbertos, the Potters, yeah. the Shy speaking to me, mm -hmm. like, correct this, you know, they're all with yeah, me in exactly. my journey. And, um, you know, I hope to accrue more mentors because I'm one of those types of people, I don't feel like my journey, like, I'm never, I never feel like I'm the best. I never mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, like, you know, no, to me, it's like, there's even, always something to learn. Man. Even as a teacher, I am still a learner. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, man. You know what sure. I mean? Like, to never forget that is, is something uh, that's important to me. Gotcha. Seeing that perspective is that I always have a lot to learn. Because mm -hmm. no matter 
who you deal with in art, even if you know that they suck or even if they're just starting, I feel like everybody has something to teach you. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Definitely. And so, are you listening? Or are you like, you know, like, are you not? And I really try to listen to everybody genuinely. And, like, I I think that's important to never forget that connection. Because, like, as an art, as artists, I think that's what we strive for, is that that connection. You know, that, that communication um, I think our desires lie in that. I would have to agree with you. You know, it's, it's, it's a great perspective. And we're going to touch a little bit more on that after the break. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back, you guys. And we're back. Episode 14 of the Art and BS podcast with Danny. It's the podcast by artists, for artists and art lovers. Shout out to the Spotify view listenership. Shout outs to the people listening on Apple. Shout outs to the people listening on the other category. If you in the U- United States, you know what's up. If you in Sweden, shout outs. If you in Germany, what's good. Australia, what's popping. Mexico, I see you, what's really good. Um, we we're talking about a variety of stuff, and I want to uh, ask you a few rapid-fire questions. You, uh, growing up, did you uh, read comic books at all? Yeah. Okay. Who are some of your favorite comic book characters? Oh, uh, Madman, Doctor Strange, Pit, Spawn, uh, Wildcat, specifically Grifter. <laughs> hey. Those are probably um, some of my stronger ones. Yeah. Um, I was actually also a big fan of uh, Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the solo stuff. Got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, You like the the more dark shit, though. um, I thought, well, I thought these comics that I just mentioned... It wasn't necessarily that they were darker. I think I just thought they were visually. Uh, the artwork was just oh my god on a different level. I mean, the first Tom time McFarlane. I saw yeah or a pit. The first <coughs> yeah, time but, I saw a pit, I was just <coughs> I can't believe someone could create a monster this beautiful, and yeah. I just started drawing. <coughs> like I probably have so many pit drawings, like mm. from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just I loved I loved the artwork in these magazines uh-huh. um, and the concepts um, yeah definitely influenced it a okay. lot of reading too that I was reading what's um, some of your favorite books um, one of my favorite books is um, the Brothers Karamazov um, by Dostoevsky? Um, that's influenced a lot of my artwork for some reason. Uh, there's something about that book. There's something about Dostoevsky writing. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, the Russian philosopher? 
Lisa or either um, and uh, he's de he definitely um, there's there's a little touch of, of maybe madness to his his writing and maybe that's I like having that aspect for mystery in my artwork maybe I'm Russian it was crazy shout out to Russia we need more Russian audiences <laughs> For real, no, Russia, hey, Russia stay in my Instagram story. They will not, no, they won't follow me for nothing, but they just stay looking. And I wonder, right, I'm like, are they, are they gathering my pictures and are they catfishing someone? Like there's some dude, you know, named Steve somewhere and, you know, or is it like, or are they, just gathering data and then just you know when it comes election time they gonna trick me and try to vote for you know jill stein again or something like that you know i don't know i don't know what's happening it's not kgb related at all i swear man i don't know where they're coming from bro i have no clue where they're coming from because i look at my story man and i'm just like okay yeah i know all these people it's just hella random russians and it's like the Russian, like, realtor art. It's like, how are you a realtor and an artist? Like, how do you have time to do all that? Like, this is just nuts, man. And it's just, yeah, or it's like some random dude who's like a Russian art guy. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Or a uh, fitness dude. I'm like, what the fuck? How are you guys finding me? How are y'all? What is happening here? It's, it's a world stage, man. Man. I get pretty much, like, random likes and things like that from like of like people like, mm -mm, like they don't like my shit they just view my story night. yeah no it'd just be like random like constantly getting like random followers mm -hmm. or like likes in the middle of the night mm -hmm. like at three in the morning yeah why is anybody still awake now? That's different. There you go. See, look, right there, random like. But that that's a little different than somebody just viewing your... Because how do you even get to the person to click on their icon to see what it's not? And, like, they have to get there. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, I'm, I can understand random likes, whatever. You're an artist. You know, like, so people are going to search up. And if they're into art, your murals may pop up. In, the, in their algorithm. But I'm just like, man, I'm popping up in the Russian. Nah, them motherfuckers, man, them Russian niggas is targeting me. The election's coming wow. up. No, I'm telling you, that's how they like, look, Trump already asked him. He already asked him. He was like, look, I need help. I need the black vote. You know what I'm saying? Target these motherfuckers and do some shit. I'm telling you, watch. They gonna have me try, like, yo, man, vote for Elizabeth Warren. Watch, they gonna be telling me. <laughs> You think I'm uh, on Facebook? It was serious though. It was really serious, like all of that shit, man. I don't know if you know or not, but with the things that they're saying, like the stuff that I was seeing, it makes sense because there was just all this crazy shit. I'm like, oh, and that makes sense. All of that shit was really them Russian motherfuckers. It's just all propaganda, man. That's why I'm fuck around over there, you know, with them dudes on the FB no more. Anyway, so. Moving forward, <laughs> let's talk Fresno cuisine. What would you say are three of the best places to eat in Fresno? Oh, shit. Uh, that's... Chaya, I like her sushi. Ooh, okay. Um, 
Don't they do temenyaki? Yeah, they do, but I usually just go for the sushi. Okay. It's, it's really good. Um, shout out to Piemontese or Sam's. Yeah, yeah okay. Two yeah. loves. Um, they're the best of the best. Piemontese, sure. y'all need to sponsor us. For real. Yeah. There's a second person who I mentioned, y'all. Definitely. Y'all niggas need to fuck him. Yeah. Okay, that's a check. Or some sandwiches or something. Um, lately, I've liked this uh, one little, like, uh, Thai place. Although, I think the Royal Orchid in Thai place is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, but there's this, like, uh, this, there's this dish called Nam Khao that I really like. And, mm. it's, and it's served at this, like, kind of, like, hidden gem in, uh, on McKinley and um, Chestnut. Ooh, I'm not the mess with that. Usually, they have they have the really good like a dish called Nam Cow. You ever mess with Pet Siu? Yeah. Oh, that's my my favorite from the Royal Orchid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely. I like to get the combination. Man, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's what's up. Good. Those yeah. some good. Uh, some good solid choices. I'm still trying to find the best chicken wings in Fresno, man. I have not, I'm not sold. Niggas always go, I'm like, man, there's, I've yet to find one place where I'm like, yo, this is the fucking ultimate. Um, anyway, moving forward. Yeah, and if anybody's uh, ever wants to see my artwork, they can look it up on Instagram, like, at the knee left. <laughs> you know uh, what's funny? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of a tag that I've had since high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the whole political movement uh, inspired it. Um, okay. Talk Abby about Hoffman that. and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's just like I kind of like um, I like the idea of what they were doing at the time. Um, and. I feel like that's kind of where we're at actually today. Like a lot of those left principles, you know, and there's like a bad, I, I didn't know there was like a bad left until I studied uh, Portugal and mm. uh, Brazil. But mm. I was like kind of like thinking at the time when I, when I kind of used that tag, I was like thinking kind of like a new hybrid version of a good political system that works for everybody um, and it doesn't exclude you know people for race or sexuality or things like that you know and so that's where the new left kind of like originally kind of like came from and I've just used that tag ever since so how do you feel about incorporating politically charged themes into your artwork that's difficult for me it really is um and I'll tell you why. Even though I have strong political views, mm-hmm. um, it's in our culture. It's it's like force fed into every aspect of our lives, and sometimes it becomes a little like too much, a little overwhelming for me. Right. Because everywhere we go, we're hit with politics. Our mm-hmm. emails, like everything, text television like you know like everything we're just pulverized with constant politics and advertisements and sometimes to me um, even though some of those things might be important 
it's like, it's like sometimes I want to take a moment and not think about how horrible the president is. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, focus on painting a picture. It's just like, dude, like, mm-hmm. I've, like, everything is like, everybody hates Donald Trump and so do I. <laughs> but, like, I don't want to hear about it constantly 24-7 because that... I feel like that's you're like the first person to mention him on the podcast. That's man. like producing the same result. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I just sometimes when I'm painting, I want to be in this different place with different themes. Mm-hmm. But I still have my views, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, but like I try not to limit myself in my artwork. So I think whatever I'm trying to document, okay, for its importance, um, it's where I'm at, um, and that takes me in different dimensions it takes me to the past to the future you know like um i think uh there's definitely no no limit um limitless i hear it even like religious things sometimes you know like i'm not like a really strong religious person but i do believe and like all religions, maybe. So you say and you're more spiritual than religious. Yeah. Okay. Um, there you go. And um, I feel like studying religions also it's given me like a a wide perspective of, of understanding their importance and um, and you know what they do is detrimental too, obviously, but also what their importance. Mm. Um, so. I try to be um, kind of like a, a, a modern um, renaissance man. Okay. Try to be like um, educated in different subjects and like really research into, you know, like critiquing of thought and reasoning and things like that. It's, I, that's just me. Mm. Uh, one time I found this this book of Cortier. It's like this old classical book. And it changed my life. And I was like, how can I do that modern style? And so I wanted to like, if I was trying to say something, uh, I wanted to really like research and know about it and not just on the surface, but really understand, you know, why these painters painted this way or these musicians made this way. You know, like, in every aspect, ballet, whatever, I love all art forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I definitely believe people should keep pushing themselves. Do you believe in aliens? Oh, Lord. I don't know. <laughs> what's, what's, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe right. in? Do you believe Are in you it? Talking like, about like people that come foreign into our country. Well, no, nah, man. I mean, <laughs> extraterrestrial life forms. Why you don't do? Yeah, this guy, you wilding. This guy, but your face, I get it. But no, I mean, like, extra. How do you feel about? Okay. Kiss for like, because I just want to hear what your thoughts are on. On that, and are you are are you into like astrophysicism or like anything like? I'm into quantum physics. Quantum physics, uh, yeah, we love to, I, yeah. I don't think I like really believe in like aliens on like just like Hollywood level. I mean, maybe Facts. mathematically there's uh, other life forms. Right, right, right. It's, it's probably like 
mathematically definitely possible, but mm-hmm. am I going to spend the time like really diving into conspiracy theories? Uh-huh. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems as though now we're in an age where it's the alien thing is it's sort of like be uh, it's being dispelled you know like the idea of like little guys with like big black eyes coming and you know beaming you up i don't dispute the idea of there being life in other you know like galaxies or you know universes or multiverses or you know what i'm saying or there being like another James and Danny being in some sort of, you know, like everything has and always will be whatever, whatever. But anyway, I, I was just curious because that's that's a subject that I hear a lot of people talk about is extraterrestrial life forms. Oh, and I wanted, to, I wanted to get your take on that, on how you felt about it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm weird enough and I'm, I feel like uh, I don't have like I like it. What kind of music do you listen to when you paint? Uh, uh, A lot of music. Um, I listen to literally everything from like, and I swear I don't have ties with the um, KGB, but I listen to like Russian opera. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But, like, everything, though, like, I listen to, like, everything from operas, I uh, like Italian operas, to, like, fucking, like, metal, mm-hmm. like, tool, but then I also love, like, fucking Daniel Caesar, mm. um, um, lately I've been, uh, let's see, what was I listening to recently, um, Men I Trust. Uh, it's a big mix yeah. and then, like I love like you know a lot of progressive um, stuff I love indie music one of my favorite groups is like Beach House mm. and uh, I love Arctic Monkeys um, a lot of stuff I'm just like I try to listen to a wide wide range of music so depending on where you catch me I'll be listening that um, but like it's it's definitely different I grew up when I was young listening to a lot of English music actually because my neighbor uh, shout out to Sonia uh, influenced me to listen to like only music from England and so for like a while I was like only listening to like music from England but then like school everyone's like who the fuck are you listening to who the fuck are the Smiths and it's like I'm like, dude. I'm like, then I, yeah, that's probably a reason I got beat up, actually. Thinking back to it. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, but yeah, why? The Smiths are dope. Though. I know a lot of, yeah, a lot of, yeah. man, fair, a very popular band. Yeah. Like, amongst all different types of people. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, like everything, like, I think, like, every time I do, like, work or painting I'm listening to like kind of like something different and I remember when I was like in London I was listening to a lot of like Glass Animals the new album I thought was great Um, but I usually kind of listen I have like my own little set list 
So how long were you out in London? Uh, a month. Okay. That's great. That's great. I got a scholarship, and uh, I got a chance to uh, really study some some of those masters up close, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too because over there there's like little kids, and they're like at school, and they're going to like see like a fucking Caravaggio, wow. and I'm like these fucking little kids yeah. and then like my partner is like she was like what and I'm like look what's happening and, so, and then she's like what and I'm like dude like for real it's like mm-hmm. these little kids are like seeing witnessing a Caravaggio think people only dream about this yeah. you know and they're coming here at like preschool yeah. or first grade That's and tight. they haven't even developed the time right. and pain before you get to see a Caravaggio. <laughs> oh, and then, like, my other classmates are like, uh, I think you're taking this too serious. I'm like, it's not fair. <laughs> so funny. But, like, it's awesome. Man. Oh, man. So, how was the food out there? It was... It was okay. <laughs> Being from California, I'm curious yeah. what, you, what you thought about it. California, better food. Okay. Dominican Republic, I went there last year too. Okay. Best food ever. Okay. Fucking. Okay, so I have to ask you a question. I I have to ask this, man. Did you get your shots before you went? When did I get my shots? Yeah. Um, I got one shot, and I was supposed to get like. I want to say like six. And and the funny thing is, is that like uh, everybody I went with got like like a trillion mosquito bites all over them. Uh I didn't get one mosquito bite the whole time. And I was working outside in the mural. Not one mosquito bite. Mm. And uh, it's because I feel like I was telling everybody that... um, my blood is like it kills mosquitoes, so they like not land on me. But then, like I remember, I got a bunch of ant bites, so ants love me, but mosquitoes hate me. Wow, you didn't get sick though, did you, or did you? Uh, no. Okay. Everybody hey, else got sick. The reason I ask you're the first guest on here who got their shots. Yeah, you know. One shot. Okay. Well, oh, he. Got, I'm sorry. A shot. So, a shot. <laughs> damn, I don't even know. So how is that? Do we count them, family? You guys let me know in the comments. He got a shot. Does it count? Because, you know, Jason, he didn't get any shots. Vegan, he didn't get any shots. And then now Danny got a shot. It was so. just a shot for, like, hepatitis or something, though. Like, it's, like, mandatory. Like, they wouldn't even let me enter the country without that. So when you went to London, did you get any shots before you went to uh, London? Yeah! See, yeah, okay, we just, we going, yeah, fuck it, see, there we go. So, all right, guys, we're still three for three. Fuck that, we're not counting the DR. I wanted to ask him during the London story. We're three for three, you guys. You know, we, we got artists on here. We're not getting shots, everybody. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, this is a great, this is a great moment. And by the way, we are not encouraging anyone to travel without getting their shots. This is all a good fun Get you guys the shots. Don't call me. Don't email me talking about James. I went to Vietnam. I didn't get my shots. Guys, get your shots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
What's the last good movie you saw, Danny? Last good movie I saw? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, I don't know. I gotta think about that for a while. Okay. What's your favorite, uh, what's your top three favorite TV series of all time? Top three series? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These questions are so unexpected. I wasn't thinking about this. Um, top three series of all time. Mm -hmm. Can it be, all right? Can I say by like movie series? One of my favorite movie series okay. of all time. Fucking Wu Tang Clan, uh, the Wu Tang series. Um, those that have not seen the old Kung Fu Wu Tang series. I mean, you got to know Wu Tang Clan too, but. The uh, the old uh, kung fu movies have some lessons that, in my life, correlate to my artistic career. Mm -hmm. So check out those old kung fu movies and listen, because there are some lessons like never before. Like, I mean, you want to learn something for reals. Yeah. What were some of your favorite uh, some of your favorite flicks? Uh, well, let's see. What's it? Re Return to Shaolin, I think it was. Um, or this guy, he's like trying to, uh, he's, he's trying to be an imposter to get into the school. And, uh, cause he's like really good at like, like, uh, being a con artist. Mm -hmm. But then he has to realize that the only way to be get into the school is to actually do the work mm -hmm. and so they put him up on the scaffold and he's supposed to stay there for like months until he finishes building this whole thing and he's not allowed to come down for any reason but like it's a great flick and I feel like uh, though that movie and like a lot of them like they really teach you something about um, you know like your your experience Mm -hmm. Your life, your life journey. Yeah. So you big in the kung fu movies, huh? I used to be into those old cheesy ones. Like uh, I like yeah. like cheesy stuff for some reason yeah, because uh, I don't know if it's just like it makes me laugh or you know like I also love spaghetti westerns, um, but I think too like the spaghetti western thing was attributed to like uh, when I was a child I was in a coma. And I used to, like, when I was out of the hospital, I was, like, watching a lot of spaghetti westerns. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I like, like, old cheesy shows. Yeah. Do you, now, do you have Amazon Prime? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, if you have Amazon Prime, all of those old, like, the kung fu movies are yeah. all on there. Uh, yeah, man, like... Uh, there's you know because there's like an Amazon video and they just they're all on there man if you just search up like Shaw Brothers all of this uh, stuff comes up you know cool. yeah man we had a, uh, on one of the episodes we went really deep into Kung Fu movies I'm real oh, I, I love Kung Fu movies oh man. yeah so yeah yeah man yeah man yeah yeah yes. yeah, man. yeah.
That's so, cool, man. You know, That's five cool. deadly venoms, kid with the golden arms. Five but, deadly um, venoms! Oh my god, you just mentioned that movie. There's this character on Five Deadly Venoms that I laugh at. The guy at the thousand hands slap. <laughs> because, like, whenever they show the character, they throw a bunch of plates at him. And he's all... <laughs> and I'm just like, who the fuck are you throwing plates at him for? Like, fucking, like, what is that? You mean the centipede? Huh? Was it the centipede when he broke all the plates? No, was it, wasn't it the... Uh, yeah, was it the centipede? Yeah, it's the centipede when he breaks all the plates, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... That, like, I was just like, yeah. it didn't look deadly because these plates looked like they were just, like, barely touching his hand and they'd be, like, shattered to, like, dust. Mm -hmm. I was like, he's barely just touching plates. Like, if you, like, look at it, though, like, if you pause it and look at the movie, like, Mm -hmm. the plates just, like, break on impact (laughs) on his hand. Sick. That's funny. Yeah, man. Five. They just threw plates at him. (laughs) (laughs) They just broke on impact out. He wasn't hitting that. They're all like, what are we going to do? Just throw a bunch of plates at him. And I'm like, yeah, great classics. If you haven't checked out Five Deadly Venoms, guys, strongly recommend it. It's definitely a cult classic mentioned in a lot of Wu Tang songs, sampled in a lot of Wu Tang songs. Um, yeah. This is so, Wu Tang so, too. Yeah, definitely. Who's your favorite member of Wu Tang? That's, that's, that's difficult when you're asking me now. Okay. Well, let's do this then. Give me your, your favorite solo album? No. See, I'm not. That's corny. Give me your top five Wu Tang songs. Give me five Wu Tang songs off like if you were to pick five most of them are from liquid swords okay but um oh five dude that's difficult and Requan had a really good album too ice cream and uh the wu-tang forever Mm -hmm. triumph and Mm -hmm. but i don't know there's something about liquid swords okay that album just like it's like six, seven tracks off the album. They're just like, okay. They're awesome. All right, well, I need five songs. So for the for the people, we need five songs. So number know. one. I don't know. Okay. Not in any order. Yeah, no, 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 not in any order. These uh, are just five Wu Tang songs that are banging to you. Like shadow boxing. Okay. And uh, man, I can't even name, I can't think of the names right now. Okay. Uh, I could sing them to you though. Okay, go for it. <laughs> and then I'll, you start and I'll finish. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down to do it. Let's do it. Let's do Wu Tang trivia because they raised me. So you start I'm on the rhyme. A mission. And then, okay. I'm, I'm, wait, wait, I'm you, on a mission that they can say is impossible. Nigga swinging swords, but they all choppable. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there see, I'm, that's all I'm what I'm saying. The name like, of that song? Um, that's uh, Fourth Chamber, yeah. I believe. Yeah. No, that whole album. I mean, yeah. that whole album, I want to just. It's a good album. Although I haven't listened to it for a long time, it's really good, and, and it was definitely part of of um, the culture that I grew yeah. Up in. That was a fantastic album. West the West intro West and the outro were both from uh, Shogun Assassin yeah, or Shogun Lone Assassin. Wolf and Cub, uh-huh. um, is what they call it over overseas. Yeah, and that's a fantastic series. Yeah. It's more Bushido. Than Kung Fu, you know, it's all sword fighting, samurai, but I mean, it's a fantastic series. Um, yeah, man, good stuff, good stuff. Like ODB said, we're for the children, man. Yeah, I, I grew up 
listening to both East Coast and West Coast, mm-hmm. and and then like indie music and grunge and everything in between. So it was just a big influx of just tons of different music, and I still listen to everything. I don't think, you know, like it's exactly I've always grown up. Uh, not only listening to music, but I also play music. So, like, I grew up in bands, for those of you who have known. Uh, uh, definitely uh, was in bands around town. What kind of instruments do you play? Uh, I play a few instruments, um, like guitar, bass, drums, piano, ukulele. Mm. Like who's the coldest ukulele player? Like who who do you look for for ukulele inspiration? Like who? Dude, I just like make. Because remember, there was that one guy in the '90s who got real famous playing the ukulele. Jack Johnson. Uh, I think I remember him, but that wasn't at all an influence. I think uh, I just like writing silly songs. So you do vocals as well? Yeah. Like every night I sing uh, lullabies for for bedtime songs. Nice. uh, I've done it now for a long time, even before I had uh, a daughter. I've always just written like these really cheesy love songs Mm -hmm. that like inspire my art or like I write poetry Mm -hmm. for those of you that I know too I Mm -hmm. also do a lot of writing and it all inspires my art you know what's funny though Danny is like I'm listening you said like and you're like I write lullabies I'm like dude that's like a dad that has a daughter like she can appreciate that cause like all freestyle and my son's like he just thinks I'm corny so it's like <laughs> it just like he, he, he must, like I can't do nothing to be cool dude like oh, yeah. I don't even like yeah I can't do anything I'm telling you like nothing dude like nothing to be cool like as much like really? stuff as oh hell yeah like like to my son I am the biggest square and not cool oh. to him but it's but you know what the thing is it's like he loves me he has a similar um he has a similar sense of humor that you know so we kind of have this joking relationship he and I but it's like as far as him thinking I'm cool and I don't being a dad I don't need to be cool you know what I'm saying like dang I'm like I'm totally okay with because I'm like dude you don't know that like having the dad that's walking around freestyling about like what you're doing is cool as shit you could think it's lame but in reality like that shit's cool as shit just like you doing lullabies is cool but you have a daughter so she appreciates that right whereas a son will probably be like dad what you I mean come on man cuisine I don't like what was you know boys are yeah man yeah man go to bed <laughs> clean that up <laughs> so funny put a coaster like hey man pick your drink up <laughs> that's that's me man <laughs> what's happening I've been telling you this what are we doing here <laughs> He has his look at me like, like, 
like, dude, what's happening, man? Or like, how, do you know? No, you don't. If you if you knew, we wouldn't have this conversation. You know, like, does your not does your daughter say to you like, or is she pre see, she, man, girls different. Like, is she does she hit you with the I know? Do what? Like, I, does she like when you say something? Like, is it did, like because you know my son like I'll, I'll walk in and he'll just like be playing video games and like there'll be like a cup on the ground with like a box of cereal. I'm like, I'm like dude, what you doing? Like, what you? He's just in that case, wow. But yo, man, I'm chilling. Like, I'm like, dude, if you knew we wouldn't have this conversation, that's like a, and I feel like it's an art thing, right? It's just like, and I tell him, and I say like, in art, I attribute, I'll say, look, in art, I can't say I know things because if I don't prove it through like painting, I can't say I know. And even like there are times where I do something and I don't know how I did it. So I have to figure it out. So you can't really. So the words I know, you know, as a parent, you're trying to teach like no understanding, like to say, you know, something, but to understand it and to like demonstrate it is to know it, you know, like if you can't demonstrate it to someone, you don't really know it, you know, like, all right, hey, let me go ahead and do this portrait. Well, okay, I kind of know, you know, like you could say, I know how to draw a portrait because you can demonstrate how to do it. And clearly like when it comes to it, in every particular, like, even in the pursuit of, like, what we're trying to do, we're always, one, trying to get better. It's like, we never feel ourselves that much, you know, and that's what I'm trying to, like, teach my kids. Like, all right, dude, you have to, you can't have a big head and act like you know everything because the more you know, the more you're limiting yourself. And then there's, like, all of these things that are around you and you're going to get bigger. I'm Like, and you'll go out, like, into the world and then you'll be like, man, there's all this stuff. So, no, man, like, I'm preparing you for this, like, little by little expanding, you know, what what's available to you in the knowledge pool because it's like the block then it's the city then it's like one day you're older and then you're going out of town without your parents you know what i'm saying so it's like but you have to experience shit and like humble yourself you know what i'm saying like in life so saying so coming in with the i know attitude already it's like you're already kicking yourself in the ass you know yeah. it, it's especially like and I attribute it to, and, and I, I use the example of teaching and how I had a mentor to teach me. And, and it's like, hey, you know, and I, I say, you know, I did a painting and then the guy wiped it off. Right. And I couldn't be like, I was like, OK, what, like, what am I what am I not seeing? What do you what I'm here to learn? I don't my feelings are totally unimportant. You know, during this instance, my thing is learning. You know, and I'm able to like detach my feelings because I'm here to learn. I'm here to soak up the game. You got some shit to teach me. I want to learn what you got, you know? So that's the whole thing, dude. And that's, you know, why I'm trying to like convey to the next generation is being in these situations, you know, it's like, all right, boom, I'm able to in a little bit of time get all of the knowledge from whoever my instructor was, you know, like for example, the classes I had with Norberto, I feel like I maximized as much as I could get out of every painting session or drawing session. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but it's 
and I had to tell him, I'm like, I'm not here. Like, just tell me what it is. Like, I'm not, there's no feelings or if I'm fucking up, if it needs to be higher, if it needs to be lower, like, tell me. And then it, it came to the point where he would just ask me questions and then he would like riddle me and I would answer the shit like, yo, well, did it. And then I would, I would answer it and he would be like, yeah, that's good. And it became like a, a Q and A and he would just ask me shit all the time. And I would have to solve whatever was, you know, off based on what you know, what I knew. Because it's like, okay, all right, dude, now I gave you all the steps now. All right, figure it out. Are your shoulders square? Is your, you know what I'm saying? Is everything straight? Is, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that. And then you go in because every time I'm just going in, it's all fucked up, you know? But like when you you chill, relax, then you get those, you, you get what I'm saying? Uh, Danny, and I know you've had the, you know, you've had the pleasure of, of being in those situations too, but maybe we like uh, respond to that differently. Yeah. I think at first it was difficult for me because I am an, I think I'm an emotional painter mm-hmm. by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, I've noticed that other people aren't like this. Um, and some people may be, but I'm definitely an emotional painter, so... When I was out there plein air painting, and it wasn't like it was easy, or it wasn't easy to kind of let go of like this is my thing here, mm. and if you ever touch my painting, you know what I mean, like, like let tell me what to do instead mm-hmm. of just wiping it, you know. Mm. But like, it was just my ego. I mean, right. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's just that like. As artists, you know, we picked up so many skills. So when somebody else tries to teach us that we're not sure if, you know, like we have something to learn or whatever, we're, we're going to have that like kind of like butting up against heads. But I think when you learn to unite that and grow past that, let go of your ego, that's when you truly learn. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that. I had to do in plein air, um, and I'm still working on. It. Mm. I'm still doing. It, so, and and you know, it's like when I when you're saying this, I'm also thinking maybe there are some people who don't want that criticism. There are some mm. people who like don't want the guy who's gonna like try to wipe their paint off. They yeah. just want to do whatever they're gonna do, yeah. you know. And I think you know from from my perspective, uh, maybe yourself. We can. It's like a, a we're speaking for more like a student pursuit of the knowledge sort of thing, you know. Like whereas, like, you know, if you're just in a circle and it's all your peers, you may not feel that particular way. Like if we're just in a, in a drawing session and then we're all just hanging out, you may not feel that same way unless that's like the mode you're in. You know, you know, unless that switch is is clicked on. So I, I can totally understand that and, and a lot of those teachings too like from Nigel um, too especially at the time that I was learning them mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to apply them at that moment it wasn't until later working on my own and, and really taking the time to put those hours when I started seeing the things that they talked about fall into place then that's where I made the connection I was like oh this is what he meant and that's when the true learning and application would happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was definitely, um, it, 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 it took development over time. You know, it's, it's not something just, like, it's, 
just like anything else, you learn a new skill, it's going to take time, and uh, plein air is definitely its own beast. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, man. Constantly moving, testing your photographic memory. That color, getting realistic color. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as it moves, you know, like the color is changing constantly, the atmosphere is changing, and you're trying to capture this one moment in time. Mm-hmm. You're setting up that time, you know, like you start the painting an hour before you want to really capture it so then right when you're into the hour that's the moment where the sun's just in the right place or whatever you know? mm. it's, yeah. it's, it's a revealing of an artist it's a beautiful thing so yeah you guys if you can get out and play in air or look up some play in air if you guys you know are an art lover pick up some play in air um, so then you told them they can find you at the new left on Instagram. Um, so are there any other place? That's like the main place that they can find you online. Yeah. Like I have a page too, but it, it all links up there. Okay, cool. And if they want to contact me for any mural work or anything like that or commissions, um, I do just about everything. Uh, right now I'm a little busier with grad school, but I have, a few few things open so right now I'm, I'm doing a mural at Fresno State and uh, it's, it's a 140 foot wall all together mm. uh, so that's what I'll be for the summer and uh, also I'm doing a program there with Daniel Keyes so it should be cool and uh, yeah stop by State if you guys ever want to uh, check it out say hi you want to give any shout outs, Danny, before we wrap up? Uh, no. No. I mentioned a lot of, I think, uh, important people. And okay. Kind of like my shout outs. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, having me on. Though. Yeah, we appreciate you coming out. Once again, this is the Art MBS podcast. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. We're out of here like Vladimir. This is James Drolts over and out. Peace.